everybody. And grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Acts 1, verses 7 through 11. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, they were looking on. He was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into the heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken from you up to heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara and I am Dot's daughter. And every week we sit down together and we talk through truth and scripture. And in this episode, we are moving right along into the book of Acts. And we talk about the Holy Spirit and the role that he has in our lives and how do we live out that role and who is the Holy Spirit. And we talk a little bit about Stephen and Paul and the disciples in general, but we are really glad that you're here. So pull up a chair and listen in. Kara, we're moving right along. We are in Acts. Yes, we are. We are doing so good. We are doing so good. You are. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, I was thinking about the book of Acts, and I was thinking about the disciples. Remember, last week we were talking about Peter and, and how, you know, bless his heart, he denied Christ. And then there's John, who's like, oh, the beloved, you know, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was fun. That was fun. Good times. <laughs> well, it is. Great times we're having here. <laughs> but anyway, it was fun because as you get into Acts, you just see such a difference in the uh, disciples. Like, all of a sudden, something has changed. And here is this Peter, who we talked about, you know, last week about him denying Christ. Now he dies for Christ. He stands up in front of all these people that were played a huge part in the crucifixion and uh, arresting Jesus. And he stands up and he says, you are the ones, you killed the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty bold. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of Acts, I mean, I think of the obvious, well, not the obvious, but the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of people don't, I mean, who under who really understands it, but I feel like there's two camps where it's you don't talk about him at all <laughs> it's, yeah. it's as if he doesn't exist or you magnify him yes it's like two so what i mean what do you what's your take on the holy spirit like where do you you know i'm sure you get uh, i'm sure you get questions a lot about the holy spirit yes i do and as scripture says he's the third person of the trinity he is a person part of the trinity we have you know god the father oh yeah who loves us yeah you remember well, no. Third, the third thinking. person of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking, I, I don't know if this was on this podcast that, or if it was just a conversation we're having outside of this, but the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person, like I think mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I had that revelation on here or not. If I did, it was a long time ago, but um, like one of the earlier episodes, 
But that was something that really I never thought about because you hear spirit. I imagine the Holy Spirit as a spirit and it's it's who lives in our hearts and all, you know, like you don't think of it as a person. Like I think in my head, I think of a person, I think of a man, but that's Mm -hmm. not what that means, obviously. Like a person. So like, how would you describe that? You know what I'm saying? He is a man. He is a man, but you're not talking humanly. You're, you're, You're not thinking humanly. That's what you, you weren't sure of. Where Jesus came as a human being, where God is. So you're saying the Holy Spirit is a man, but he's not a human man? Right. He's this, actually. He's a man. This is not where we were going. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, that was not where I was going to go in this conversation. But the Holy Spirit actually is part of the Trinity, and he is part of the fact of Jesus' fulfillment of saying, I will never leave you or forsake you, and I am going to send you my spirit. And so there are, as you say, many camps, and what does this mean? And Scripture really does clarify the fact that Jesus said, I'll never leave you, and I'm going to send my spirit. And so that fulfillment to the disciples that he would never leave them or forsake them is saying that he sent his spirit into their hearts. And it is the Holy Spirit. It is part of the Trinity. And His role is to empower us, to open our eyes to truth, to reflect and to to really highlight the life of Jesus in our lives as we begin to study the Scriptures. It is the Holy Spirit that guides us into this truth. Now, God, the Father, plays a role in the fact that He is the one who loves us and He is our Creator. Jesus plays the role as our Savior. He came from heaven and died as our Savior. And then the other part of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to live the Christian life, which is what I was getting at when I said the change in the disciples. What was the change in the disciples from the Gospels And when he was walking with Jesus, then when Jesus left and they're standing there looking up, probably like, what are we going to do? We know that they went to Jerusalem. They went into an upper room waiting and like trying to figure out what they're going to do. So the answer to your question is, yes, the role of the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, and he is a man. But he is in us as a spirit. That's correct. But he is in heaven. Yes. As a man. That's correct. But not a human man. That's correct. A God man spirit. That's right. <laughs> God man. God. God man. And Jesus is God the human man. Savior. And yeah. It is I mean you can't like it's so hard for us to wrap our mind around, which I think goes I mean it even like in these these stories in Acts in particular, where it's like, or not even Acts, but even gospel, the gospels and into Acts, like we hear them and we can't really wrap our mind around what it would be like to see someone that you buried, like standing in front of you alive. Like I can't really wrap my mind around what that would be like, or to see someone go up into heaven. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like these things where it's like, it's just like, I don't doubt it. it. You just can't wrap your mind around it. It's like... No, you cannot wrap your mind around it because you're not there. And I guess that's part of the Holy Spirit to 
try to not explain every little detail and and allow us to wrap our mind around everything because that's where faith comes into. Well, yeah, and it had to be, and I know the Holy Spirit was at work in the disciples' heart to for them to be spread, you know, throughout to the ends of the earth. But to some degree, though, I think also like what they saw, they were like, I, you know. Like I, what they saw, they couldn't not tell someone because— Exactly. And I do feel like that's the part of the Holy Spirit is to open our eyes to the truth and to try to e- explain some things to us that we would not be able to understand humanly. You right. know, we're talking about the spiritual realm of things. But right. I do believe that that is the difference between the disciples— of the Gospels and the same men, because we know that the Holy Spirit came and it was Pentecost, and you know these same men uh, started speaking in different languages and started sharing the gospel to all the people that were listening. And the people that were listening were like, "Who are these people? Like, what got into them? Because here are these people; they're speaking in all of these." different languages and dialect and everything, and they were sharing the gospel where they could understand it. And so all these people were saying, what got into them? Like, like these are untrained men. How did they know and how were they able to uh, speak in such a way? And that was the evidence that the Holy Spirit had come and the fulfillment of what God had promised. So you're definition or your question about the Holy Spirit, about how can you wrap your mind about it? You can't wrap your mind around it. And when God does something, some of those things that you just can't explain, Mm -hmm. it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. Well, and even like, I mean, you've said this so many times of even when you're you're reading the Word, you know, when you Mm -hmm. have any kind of understanding of what you are reading, it is the Holy Spirit that is opening your eyes to that, Mm -hmm. Um, whether you have accepted Him or not. But but yeah, I mean, from any little thing, you know, like if there's any revelation or any insight or any wisdom or anything when you're reading the, the Word of God, it is the Holy Spirit opening our eyes to that. And I think that that's why it explains it. Like, it's a spiritual journey. And so, like, when you're growing in your faith and you're beginning to see some things, God reveals what we're able to handle at that time. And then as we grow more and more in our spiritual walk, then the Holy Spirit shows more and more. And that's why we talk so often, like reading the Bible through every year, we see things that we never saw before. Right. And I think that that has to do with several reasons. I think there's, I think that has to do with a lot of different aspects. Either it's where we are in our life circumstances, where we are spiritually, and what we're willing to receive. I don't mm-hmm. think God's going to push himself on us. And I think when you're reading the book of Acts, it, there's just a lot of uh, first. There's the first mentioning Christians. It's the first time believers are called Christians. It's uh, Oh, yeah, because Stephen was the first martyr. I was going to ask. Yes, yes. Stephen yeah. was the first. So no James one... was martyr, too, and that's in the book of Acts. So um, there was no martyrs, before, I would guess, because it was Jesus. I was just, sorry, I was just having this, like, there's no martyrs in the Old Testament because no one— Well, there were, there were people that died because they believed in God. And, you know, all the Israelites, the Jewish people, were persecuted 
because of that. I mean, it's the whole reason why they were in Egypt and enslaved was because they were the Israelites right. and they believed in this God, which they no one could understand because you know they were believing in all kinds of gods and the Israelites yeah. believed in one God. But of course, because Jesus came and because of it being the gospel and that Jesus is the Messiah, that's where the persecution comes from. Yeah. Um, you know, as as a believer or as a follower of Jesus, and that's why we call mm. it the first martyr. But it, you know, there are a lot of people that were in the Old Testament. Yeah, but I guess because it was like different because it wasn't either they're murdered because there was an Israelite or yeah, they're maybe their faith in Yahweh, or that you know, like with Daniel, and then like I'm not going to bow, I'm not right, going right. to do. So there were you know obviously persecutions. That's why they were a lot of them were taken into captivity because either they weren't, you know, obeying God's law and God allowed Mm -hmm. them to go into captivity or they were obeying God's law and the kings were threatened. So speaking of that, I do want to point out something in Acts. Okay. Well, good. Well, one, I was thinking, you know, when I said, when I think of Acts, I think the Holy Spirit for one. The Mm -hmm. second thing is Paul. I feel like we can't. You can't talk about Acts without talking about mm-hmm. Paul because that's where, I mean, pretty much we, we'll talk about Paul for the rest of the New Testament, <laughs> basically. Right. But going back to Stephen, one of, I don't want to say favorite because I guess maybe one of the moments in the in Acts that moves me the most is the stoning of Stephen. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with Jesus standing at the right hand of God while mm-hmm. Stephen is being stoned. And I feel like, and at one point, I don't know where or who or how, but someone pointed out to me that, you know, Jesus, when he went up to heaven, sits at the right hand of God. But in this passage with Stephen, which is in Acts seven fifty four through 60, for anyone who wants to go read it, but it says that Jesus is standing. So it's like he is moved so much by what is happening to Stephen that, you know, Stephen looks up and he sees Jesus standing. I don't know, just, the, I don't know, maybe because I, I, the whole like someone protecting someone, it speaks so deep to my heart for whatever reason that it just feels like this protective love that Jesus is moved by. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you who told you that. I told you that. And I tell you why, and I don't know if you remember this. And as I uh, tell the story, you may it may bring back to remembrance. I'm glad that you grabbed hold of the principle and not necessarily the situation. But I know that at a time in your life you were being misunderstood. Uh, you were uh, felt like that someone had said something about you that wasn't true, and you didn't really feel that God was protecting you or God was, I guess, defending you because it seemed like what they were saying and who they were saying it to, you know, seemed to be, you know, more powerful than any way that you could probably want to defend yourself. And you didn't really feel like you should defend yourself, but you felt like you were being misunderstood. And I said to you that God always takes notice when someone is hurting his children. And I mentioned to you that when Stephen was being persecuted and stoned, that God stood up and that God does take notice. And, you know, so often 
you know, in a conversation or someone has invited us into their life to share with us some deep hurts that they've been hurt by someone or misunderstood and they want to fight back and they want to defend themselves. And I often use that verse because, you know, it is important for us to understand that God does take notice. And like, you know, like you said, when Jesus died, it, you know, clearly says he went and sat down at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. But when Stephen is being mm-hmm. stoned and misunderstood. Well, and being wronged. I actually mean, yeah. murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus yeah, that's stands what, up. Yeah, that's what I love. Like Jesus stands at the right hand of God. And mm-hmm. and I think, too, like it brings this comfort of like not just that Jesus you know, stands on our behalf, you know, that he, it's just like, like you're so moved, you know what I mean? Like, it's like Mm -hmm. he's standing out of love and out of, he's being moved by, not like moved, like it touches him, but moved in a, it affects him when we are hurting or when we are being wronged. But don't you just want to sometimes think to yourself, does anyone see what's going on? Like, am I the only one that sees What's happening here? You know, I mean, I, I think not only like you're saying, Kara, is that it's great to feel like Jesus is moved and Jesus does care when his children are hurt. And we know in Revelation he takes care of it. But and sometimes we see God take care of it in our mm-hmm. lifetime. Sometimes we don't. But I think just being seen. Yeah. Yeah. One, what I was also going to point out is, not only from like Jesus's perspective or, but it was, there's also this level of comfort from Stephen's perspective mm-hmm. and maybe his perspective is not the right word, but he, it says that he falls asleep. And I think about that a lot when I hear, I mean, honestly, I thought about it when I heard about the horrible, hor- I mean, horrible doesn't even feel like the right word. There's, it has to be a strong evil. word, but mm-hmm. what the evil that happened to that girl in Memphis um, mm-hmm. who was running and abducted and murdered. And just thinking of like, I remember thinking like, God, I hope that in her last moments, honestly, that she didn't know. But in your grace that maybe she honestly like blacked out and didn't know what was mm-hmm. happening. You know what I mean? Like this, right. like they fall asleep. Like I think, and I don't know, that, that gives me comfort if I think of like anything happening to that degree of someone either that I don't know that I think maybe, you know, a Jesus follower or someone who, um, I don't know, even if they're like in pain, I don't know. There's just like, there's like comfort on both sides, like Jesus sees, but then also like. There's just this outer body experience kind of thing that you just feel God's presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, And I do feel that way. I think that, you know, when we talk about forgiveness and we talk about Jesus, you know, here he is holy and he's on the cross and he looks at these very people that are crucifying him and he says to the Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And we can talk about that all day long, but there's this part of our brain and our, our mind, either whether or not we say it or not, we're thinking, yeah, but I'm not God. Yes, you know, I'm not, you know, Jesus. Like, of course, God is holy. God is powerful. God is understanding. God is all love. He's all forgiveness. We expect that out of Jesus, even though we might stand in awe that Jesus actually even said that, even on the cross. But when Stephen says it, forgive them, 
he's a man. Yeah. He's he's just normal. He's he's like he almost doesn't you. even Yeah, like the way that that part is written, like it almost seems like he's not even phased. I mean, I know that he was in pain. I don't mean like he's not Obviously, phased. Yeah. Like I just mean it doesn't seem that he I don't even know. Like is aware of really what's going on, which is yeah, basically like, what you're hoping about this girl that was Yeah, it's like you, there's, there's so, it's almost like literally the Holy Spirit takes over so much so that it is not even them. Mm-hmm. And whether that be, yeah, like they don't fully, yeah, know what's happening or I don't know what it, I don't know. I, I, yeah. But I, I just choose to believe that God's grace in those moments is what carries them through. You know, that maybe well, as, as horrible is. as it seems from our perspective of what's mm-hmm. happened, I'm like, maybe they are not fully aware of fully what is happening. Exactly. And I do believe that that is the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't think, humanly speaking, someone can, you know, go through something like that. You know, I remember these um, Christians in uh, Afghanistan, I believe it was, that were lined up and, you know, they had a picture of them and they were all uh, Christians and they said that they would not denounce their faith. Oh, and, and they're they about to be. Beheaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, the girl in Columbine that stood up or, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know if that was Columbine, but remember. Yeah, it was many, many years ago because I remember I was like, I was a kid. Yeah. And she stood and up. They and they said, who's, yeah, who's a Christian? And she stood up. You know, you often think, oh, God, if I, if that was me, would I would I even do that? You know, I'd be so afraid. But I don't believe that, humanly speaking, that anyone would stand up or anyone would be able mm-hmm. to forgive someone that has hurt them so deeply. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that anyone could go through what they're going through, as Stephen and what he was going through, and be able to, to look up into heaven and see Jesus and say, forgive them. Maybe when you see Jesus... You don't see that you're being stoned. You know, that may mm-hmm. be another podcast, something to talk about, keeping our eyes on him and not the people that are trying to attack you, gives you the power to withstand. But whatever the reason, we do know that Jesus, you know, was standing up. We do know that Stephen said, forgive them. And we do know that that was the beginning of Paul being aware of the fact that he was, you know, on a rampage of killing all Christians and was approving, you know, of Stephen's death that he probably had to deal with well, his he was entire a, uh, Christian life. Well, wasn't Paul, was, wasn't he a child when Stephen was stoned? Or like younger, not like a child child, but like younger? No, he was standing there and they took Stephen's coat. This is a, oh, I guess it says a young man named Saul. Yeah. But we do know that it was 38 years between Pentecost and the martyr of Paul. So ironically, as you know, we're talking about Paul was standing there, Saul at the time was known as Saul, and they laid, you know, Stephen's clothes or his coat, you know, at Paul's feet. We do know that that um, Paul, Saul then, uh, was there, and it was 38 years later that these same people, these Jewish people that Paul was such a part of that was so passionate and was one of the who's who of the Pharisees that was going after the Christians. We find out in Acts, as you know, uh, that Paul becomes a believer. And then it is 38 years later after Pentecost that Paul, too, would be martyred. 
and killed for the faith. So again, it's all of this. I mean, Acts is just all of the the awareness of the change of life and and how these people that are so passionate and so bent toward a certain way and God gets a hold of their heart and the Holy Spirit just changes them. And I think that that's one of the the things about the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to with to endure. You know, I think you've heard me say this so many times, how thankful I, I am when I found out that God not only didn't expect me to live the Christian life, but He gave me the power to live it through the Holy Spirit, that He knew that within my own flesh or my own strength, that there's no way I was going to be able to be faithful to what God called me to do or even asked me to do. And that's why He gave us the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you're right, there are two camps, either someone is scared to talk about the Holy Spirit because we don't understand it, or they magnify the Holy Spirit. And what do, like, I feel like to clarify, like when we say magnify the Holy Spirit, how we how do we clarify that? <laughs> <laughs> we clarify it by this, is that they take Jesus out of, this, out of the equation. It's all about the Holy Spirit. They talk very little about God. They talk very little about Jesus. And ironically, there is a scripture that says, Jesus talks about that he's going to send the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit will not speak of himself, but that the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. And so, what do you mean he will not speak of himself? He doesn't magnify himself, he doesn't make himself bigger and more important in the Trinity than he is. That we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And when we say, or we're talking about the camp that magnifies the Holy Spirit, they play down God and they play down Jesus. Like the Holy Spirit's more important than me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I get that. But the Holy Spirit is important. Oh, right, right, right. But not, yes, it's the, they're all, all the three same. equal in one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. God is and not. And they all play his. They right. all play their part in our walk with God. Right. So yeah, it's I, I mean, he I mean, we can't. I feel like it's no. one of the hardest. <laughs> and I feel like that's like God, you know, that's we're never gonna get to a place where we fully understand it because no. we're not God. So No. And you know, and they always talk about there's three in one, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're all the same, they're all equal, but they're one. And I don't even know if this is true, but it made sense to me. But, you know, back then when somebody was trying to describe it to me as a child, they talked about an egg. And oh, there's the yeah. heart. Don't you hate all those? Yeah. Yes. The hard shell, the white of the egg, and the yolk. But yeah, yet I just think those are like our human. We're trying to. Trying so hard to so figure it out. Trying to, yeah, understand it and to explain it well. And I think that's just part of where it's just at, we need to accept the fact that we can't fully explain it. We just, Mm-mm. and in some ways, and I don't say this in one of the things I love about the Holy Spirit is that is our comforter. He is our comforter. Mm-hmm. Like is. that is, I mean, so many times, I mean, I ask the Holy Spirit to comfort me um, mm-hmm. because that is his, that is a part of his role. Just like part of Jesus's role was to die for our sins. Yeah. And probably the Holy Spirit is saying, I am comforting you because I am mm-hmm. the comforter. Will you let me? Right. 
Yeah. 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 yeah, I don't say that uh, because he is, but it's like I have to ask for it in my, it's my way of saying I want it. So, well, and Mm -hmm. and that's really what Acts is all about. It's about the beginning of the church. And I'm sure we'll go into more about Paul's journeys and all that because his journeys are all in the two thirds of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, two thirds (laughs) of the Holy Spirit, two thirds of the book of, uh, the New, the New Testament for the love. Yeah. So. But I will have to say that, uh, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, we want to know everything. And the verses that I was reading at the, write this down, you know, grab your Bible and write it down, uh, Acts 1 through 7 through 11. Ironically, when I was reading and it says, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons, when I was reading that part, it is Jesus's answer to the question that the disciples were asking them, are you now going to restore the kingdom of Israel? I mean, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Uh, you know, they were so wanting Jesus to come back as king, and that's why they were having such a hard time with him being a serv- ser- you know, servant. Yeah. But you can tell that the Holy Spirit is not there yet because they're still like, okay, now it's our time. Now it's our time. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure there's an element, too, of like, that was their best friend. I mean, that was their person. So, like, yes, he was Jesus, but that was also who they did day-to-day life with. So there probably was an element of like, okay, can you come back now? <laughs> like, well, you know, like an element of grief, I'm sure, to where they miss their they miss their leader, their friend, their day-to-day. Well, definitely. They were scared half to death that Jesus was going to go away. But their question to him was, now are you ready to set up the kingdom? And Jesus like, that's not for you to know. And by the way, I'm going away, yeah. and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So, yes, yeah. you're right. I mean, they realized, I'm sure, at the crucifixion for those three days, we are done. Like, yeah. now the you know, our only hope is gone. And maybe they were thinking of that when— he was, you know, going up into heaven. <laughs> They're like, we don't want to relive those days again. Mm-mm. But yeah. clearly, yeah, like you said, there was definitely a change in with the Holy Spirit. I'm sure that, again, comforter. I'm sure that there was an element where the Holy Spirit was comforting them. And that was what helped them endure and persevere and move forward and go and do what they needed to do. Because, like I said, they they had to be dealing apart from everything else, like grief and sadness and all that. So. Well, and I'm sure knowing the task ahead, yeah. Because Jesus said, "Go be my wit," you know, "Go be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, Samaria, yeah, and all task. to the ends of that." <laughs> I mean, there are eleven people for the love, yeah. You know, and so I'm sure that they didn't really comprehend how powerful the Holy Spirit, as we say often, mm-hmm. and we'll talk more about that when. We get into Romans and stuff, but, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit to empower you to do what God's called you to do. And, you know, we really do not have any reason to say, I can't do this, if God's called you and told you to do something, because God equips what He calls. Yeah, and there's no one who would understand that better than the disciples, to be overwhelmed with a... Mm -hmm. A, a role or a task that God has <laughs> put before you. So absolutely, I yeah. don't envy them. Not gonna lie. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know. And but it it is, I guess it's some part of a comfort to know that 
you know, often we look at our lives and we think that God is asking us to do things that we just think there's just no way I can I can do this or I can. Yeah. Well, it's like know, hindsight. It's like it through. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like wow, look what I have been able to walk through. Like we, mm-hmm. as I do think the power of looking back and being like, wow, look how far I've come, or look what like I didn't think that I was would survive that, or didn't think that I would come on the other side of that, or whatever it may be. Absolutely. Remember that. Um, the uh, footprints in the sand. Yeah, I kind of hate that thing. Yeah, and I love that because oh. you know he looked back <laughs> and he said, "You know, Lord, there's only two. But isn't he always carrying us? Yes. But do we think that we're carrying Jesus? Don't we feel like sometimes we have to? No, I know. But sometimes it's like, well, there's when is there ever two foot footprints? Sometimes I feel like I want to believe that he's always carrying me, even in the good times. Don't put me down. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be called abiding. But I do feel like that is a, I do feel like he walks with us. Yeah. But I think that there are certain times that we just are aware of the fact that we just cannot make it through another day. We can't take our one foot forward. There are times in our lives where we feel like, and you know, you've told me that a thousand times, like, you know, Mom, right now in my life, it's just if I get up out yeah, of the bed. I do crawl if I, a lot. I, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, you know, but it is the fact that the Holy Spirit is carrying us. And, yes, mm-hmm. you're right, the, you know, the Holy Spirit is carrying us every single day. But we are to walk with Him. Yes, I know. We. I'm just saying. I know. But I understand that, that it is so hard to really figure out what I'll the role of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We've got a lot of verses and a lot of chapters ahead and a lot of books ahead that I think is going to kind of open our eyes a little bit more to the role and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. But one thing I think for sure is that God in His wisdom knew that there is no way you and I, Kara, can do this podcast do what we have to do with Cup of Joy. Do whatever God's asked us to do or answer a question that someone's coming to us without the Holy Spirit. He knows that if He doesn't come through, we're done. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.